It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. Prohibition style, apples were mostly grown for uh, a cider. Really? Mm hmm. Rather than just consuming it normally? In fact, most people didn't eat apples, and it wasn't until prohibition, the whole an apple a day keeps a doctor away. Yeah. Came out during prohibition because they were trying to convince people to eat the apple instead of drink it. Oh, that's why? So not necessarily for its nutritional value, but just as competition to alcohol. No. Did I make any sense right there? I don't think so. I think you misunderstood. Because they weren't allowed to drink hard cider anymore. Yes. People had to still sell apples. So yes. they told you to eat them. Yes. And the best way to get people to eat is to say, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Keeps the away. doctor away. Yeah. What I was trying to say was that it's not necessarily like solely because an uh, apple could keep the doctor away, but because they they'd are, rather you do that than drink They apple, are highly nutritious. Hard apple cider. Yeah. Apples. A lot of uh, antioxidants. And uh, you should watch that Zach Efron show. It does a whole thing about apples. Down to earth. Apples right. and, and potatoes. Oh, and potatoes? I kinda potatoes have their nutritional value, but they just make you fat and pudgy, dude. No, it's how you cook them. It's how you cook it? So the potato itself is a innately pretty nutritious thing. So what's the healthiest way you could cook a potato? Probably steam it. Okay, a steamed potato. Okay. It's like uh, the other thing that people make a mistake about is the potato famine in yeah. Ireland. Yeah. It wasn't that they didn't, they couldn't eat anything. It was that all they had was potatoes. And that Ireland was exporting so many potatoes that became the cash crop for them. Mm-hmm. So they stopped growing wheat and fucking barley and all the other shit that they used to live on. Yeah. Started growing potatoes. It destroyed all their crops because it's such a nutrient-dense food. It sucked up all the nutrients out of the soil. Oh. Fucked them all over for the next and year. that's why. That's what caused the potato famine. So they had a... Okay. It wasn't that they were all out of potatoes. Also, potatoes not even natural to Ireland. It's from Peru. Oh, really? Yeah. Because everyone would think that it came from Ireland. Yeah, you got it from Peru. They would either think Ireland... Or Idaho, because Idaho's the mm. potato state, right? They grow really well in Idaho, so I hear. Never been. Dude, my dogs are getting really fat because my mom's straight up feeding them po- pasta. I saw a bowl of pasta on the floor, and it was for my dogs. Dogs are living it up. <laughs> my dogs have These like dogs five beds downstairs and bowls of pasta. What, what is a dog doing with pasta, man? Eating it. I understand that, but what is this, Lady in the Tramp, literally? It actually is. <laughs> Did you put a nice sauce on it, like a nice bolognese or something? There's spaghetti sauce on it. That's a, that's a little spaghetti. dangerous. Then. Sometimes those spices might be a little too much for their little tiny tummies. But, yeah. Uh, honestly, these dogs must have iron stomachs because they get fed everything. Dude, their stomachs, they're- Expanded. They're super something bloated, for sure, super yeah. Super bloated. They look like white balloons. Is that good? What? The stomachs? They're, um, no, really- It, it can't be. They're- it depends. It depends because I had a dog that did pass away because it, uh, she had a pot belly. But so now I can, now having seen that, I could decipher if they're oh, just like kind of fat. She was cute. Oh. We'll get into the movie, but I do want to shout out Rosie, my my old dog. Rest in peace, girl. Miss ya. Um, but dude, yeah, she was very cute and pot bellied and would just kind of waddle around and like toward the end of her life, she got blind and so she was kind of like a Roomba. And uh, just kind of you, you, you saw her just kind of running into things and she's like figuring herself out. And as sad as it was, very cute. Very. Um, welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome to another episode of ICBTB podcast, uh, also known as It Can't Be That Bad um, podcast. Baddies, thank you for joining us here uh, tonight. We are recording in the evening, um, and it's uh, very appropriate because what we watched is kind of dark. Can you turn my headphones up a little bit? Yeah, actually? yeah. Oh, is it down? Okay. 
Thank you. Now, yeah. oh, now I can Ooh, hear. How's I, that sound? A lot better. I don't know if I could actually hear anything before that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> You're how just how pretty... thick do you think this bandana is? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a thick bandana to me, man. I, like I, I, th- it sounded like I was just like hearing you through the headphones, but like not through the headphones, just like coming. Oh, why did you say something before? You just realized we recorded an an entire episode prior to this. I didn't want to listen to your stories. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, fuck you. My name's Alejandro, and this is my co-host Christian. Hi. Uh, we like to watch bad movies. Mm-hmm. And prove that they're still good. If this is your first time here, welcome. If this is your second time here, welcome back. Mm-hmm. If this is more than your third time, thank you. Relax. Hang out. Make yourself at home. Kick your feet up. You know, the word bad is subjective, so which is why we're doing this podcast, because we're here to prove that it's not actually that bad. And one thing you should also remember about this show is comedy is subjective, too. So, yes. You know. So even if you <laughs> might not like it in the moment, someone out there is someone thinking does. this is gold. Someone thinks it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably you, yes. person listening to this in their car driving to work. Yeah, drive safely. Watch out for that guy in the left lane. Because you know he's a bad driver. Drive defensively, not offensively. Yeah. Um, uh, we watched a film today called <laughs> the, the Tax, Tax Collector. Collector. Brand new film actually just released in the last week. Piping hot. That's why the numbers are going to be fairly low, but statistically could be a good film so if you're listening to this a month two months after this episode check drops, the numbers yeah these, it might not be accurate these are not going to be accurate numbers by even because i was even telling christian before we hit record yes the numbers i saw when i downloaded this film were lower than the numbers i saw when i came over today wow so it's just changing in the course of just the day hey man life plays tricks on the people who don't pay attention yeah so always pay attention and uh keep your head up yeah <laughs> This is just good. This episode is mainly us telling people what to do. It's a motivational speak. Hey, hey, I'll let you take the reins on this. Always let the smart man take the reins. That's a good. That's a good. Slogan. We're just gonna have a bunch of sayings and idioms in this. Honestly, guys, if you write these down and put them in a book, we'll give you five percent of the sales. Mm, yeah. Um. Uh, the tax collector. Could you write a book? I mean, that's a. No, I think. Would you write a nonfiction book? Or I'm going to say no. No? <laughs> it, I think it takes a, too much time and discipline, and it's I'm not interested enough in it to write a book. I'm down to write screenplays and Do you think you could write like a, the next Harry Potter? No. Uh, or do you think you'd write like the next um, comedy for dummies? Um, no, I think I could actually write uh, something that is fiction because you could just kind of let loose. There are no boundaries or restrictions because you ain't playing by realism, boy. If you're really careful, you can spin it like L. Ron Hubbard and make a whole religion out of it. Oh, yeah. that's. Uh, but I'm not looking to do anything uh, like that. Huh. I'm not trying to form my own cult, Good man. deflection. Good yes. deflection. So later on when you do, you can be, they'll be like, what about this? And you'll be like, I'm pretty sure I said I wouldn't. Pretty sure, yeah. Thus, I'm not a cult leader. This is not going to happen, dude. I'm just Jesus. I can see you being a cult leader. And you definitely want to be the leader, not the follower. Uh, I'd just rather not be in the cult, man. I think cults can be fun. What? Not Nexium. CrossFit not like is that. a cult, and I guess that's the funnest cult around. And arguably not even the healthiest. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. because it's just too much. Let's get into the movie. I want to talk pounding. about, yeah, too much pounding I just want to get the lightness out because this movie is... Heavy. We're not going to be laughing too much. I actually didn't laugh. Well, I did laugh, but it was my like, oh my God, what the fuck am I watching laugh? Yes. As I was watching this film. Uh, Actually, yeah. Yeah. No, I have laughs there, but more so like. I was, mine was like the holy shit. Oh, another flashback. <laughs> That's what I was laughing at. Really? There was only. 
There's so many flashbacks. Really? Yeah, they had to kind of like shove in like, remember when he learned Aikido? <laughs> or whatever the fuck. That was jujitsu. Jujitsu. And but that was you didn't think that was actually happening? I thought that was just part of his day. Like and then at two. No, 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 no. Goes, but th- later on Oh, let's, that's right. Let's get into it, dude. There were some flashbacks. David Ayers, bro. <laughs> David Ayers. Uh we watched a movie called <laughs> The Tax Collector. Yeah, yeah. It was released in the great year twenty of twenty. Not. Uh, it has a runtime of <laughs> one hour, 35 minutes, or nine to five minutes. Has a uh, 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 22% on Metacritic. Mr. Balzazar. Mm, that's me. What percentage of Google users approve of this film? I'm going to say 87%. Incorrect. Ooh, what is it? 82%. Ooh, lower. 82%. Of uh, of people like this film, I got a synopsis coming at you here. Buckle right in because it's a good one. Buckle in, boys and gals. Two enforcers for a crime lord face an uncertain future when an old rival reappears. Uh, directed and written by David Ayers. Ooh, real short. Oh, he wrote David it too. As he well. did everything. Yeah. Top four builds: We got Shia LaBeouf, Bobby Soto, Cynthia Carmona, and the incredible George Lopez. That's right. There was a rumor when this film was announced that uh, Brendan Schaub was supposed to be in this film. Brendan Schaub is in this film, you, dude. Is he? I didn't see him. Yep. Where no, is he? That's because no one can pick him. Which one would the as fuck much was as he? Brian Callen is in him. Joker? He no, but you can see Brian Callen. You don't see it because okay, so there is a scene. You can see Brian Callen. Where is he? Where where the fuck is? Brendan so Schaub? when Conejo's gang shoots up the tire shop, where yeah. uh, is George he one of the guys in the car? He's one of the guys with the masks on, so you don't see him. But but he's one. Of, but how, so how do you know which how do you know which one's him? You don't know. There's you a, just know that that's one of one. There's of those an episode guys of Fighter him. and the Kid. Where he's like, I'm one. <laughs> Where they play the trailer, and he says, "That's me." And it's it's, the, it's like how Daniel Craig's one of the stormtroopers, exactly. In Force Awakens, but it's like it does. It honestly could have just been a voiceover. Yeah, he did it to be like just on the set. It's not necessarily like him. They made a big acting. deal about his announcement being in the cameo. Yeah, that's why I went, and I knew that before. Like when this film was announced, I remember the whole big deal because we've talked about this film in, in like the up in the past. Yes, like building up to this film. Yes. Um, so I knew that Brendan Shaw was going to be, but I could not for the life of me fucking find him. And I think that's fucking bullshit because they sold it as if he was going to have, I thought, do you remember when they first walk in, um, after they beat up the black guy and they're going to meet up with those guys, the yes. homeboy on the second floor holding the shotgun. Yeah. I thought that was going to be Brendan Shaw. And in fact, rewound it a couple times to be like, who the fuck is, who like, is that Brendan Shaw? Yeah. By bald Brendan Shaw? No. No. At the entire time. That would have been a better cameo for him. The entire time he had a mask on. Was he the red one with the cowboy hat? I could not tell I you. I bet you he was the red one with the cowboy hat. Because on that episode of The Fighter and the Kid that I was watching and they were reacting to the trailer, he just kept on saying, uh, that's me. Is that how you heard about that's this film? again. Uh, no, was not at all. That? Oh, okay. okay. I, well, I heard about this through you. That uh, Shia LaBeouf was taking tattoo. on this role with a tattoo. He got real tattoos for this movie. And it was, it was very hyped. And this movie, as far as I can see, was started production in 2018. That's okay. when Shia LaBeouf signed on. That's when Brendan Schaub signed on. Which is weird that he signed a he signed a contract for that cameo. Wow. For, for and they made an announcement and shit like that. That's why I'm so. That's why I was like, oh, they probably didn't use it then. That's yeah. why I'm like really. Shocked no, they that definitely you- used it. They definitely used it. There's pictures that Brendan Schaub put up, like hanging out with uh, David Ayers and Shia. And too he was just talking too about. Too bad he sucked as a cameo then. Uh, dude, but honestly, the opportunity to just be on set with some like heavy hitters like Shia, he says that like. Did he get to meet him though? Did he get? Yeah, I guess he, he got to hang out with him. They were they were in a scene together. Well, because the thing about Shia said before, and uh, he he said, "I'm not in Hollywood. I just navigate around it, right?" Which is oh, why I he's didn't so. Know he said that, but that's an incredible. It's that's, 
incredible. That's a really good quote. Right? Which is why he's he's humble enough to take on a project like this and not be the lead, right? To actually But be, they definitely sold it as if he was. Yes, they knew yes. what they were doing. They knew that with the marketing, but to like in actual performance, he knows that um that Bobby Soto was gonna be the lead, right? Sure. I and mean if you read the script, you kinda know you're not the... You know, you know for sure. But also Creeper is the more fun of a character. I Creep, wanna see Creeper a side story of Creeper. I wanna see I was texting one of our friends over at Real Buzz Crew. Nice. Shout out Rob. Shout out Rob. Um, and we were saying, and actually he thought I was you and I didn't have the heart to tell him in the text message that it was me. Cause he Did kept you be- never tell him? No, because you know, I figured he'd listen to the episode. Okay. Um, but I was also <laughs> like, uh, I just didn't want to be that guy because he was like, Oh, let me know what Alex thinks of it. And I was like, uh, he, he liked the film. <laughs> oh, I didn't even, cause I didn't read your text. Oh, of course combo. not, because we, we talked for quite a while. Yeah. And we both have access to the ICBTB. Yes. Uh, so DM, if, guys, so- if you're DMing us. It's a coin toss on who you're going to get. Uh, yeah. Just try to read the tone. We'll make it fun. It doesn't, honestly, really guess. Yeah. it's It should be. I give a lot of one word answers. I'm the really polite one. I'm fairly polite to our fans. No, you're polite, but like I'm oh, I'm like the one that has like three exclamation points. And sometimes I say hyphen Christian just to make it clear. But uh, from yeah, now on. I never make it clear. And from now on, I'm never making it clear. Nope. It's going to be super ambiguous. Anyways, we were talking quite a bit about this film. And he had brought up a couple of points that I'll bring up later on that are great talking points. So I hope, Rob, we're not stealing anything from you. Um, uh, but we did talk about how uh, this film was definitely one sold as a Shia LaBeouf film and not necessarily what it is. And also that Creeper is for sure uh, the more fun of, you know, yeah. the more fun character. I think Danny has more to do. But uh, I, oh, what What's I was going to say was I would have liked to see a prequel of them robbing that armor truck that we find out they did. Yeah, dude. They kind of shoehorned that in at the end. I would have liked to have seen... Uh, I wouldn't, because was it him and Creeper? It was him and Creeper who robbed the armor truck, right? Yes, yes. And was Which that, is why they had so much money was, was back that, in the past. Was that the job that the Bloods helped them? It's possible. There's a lot of ambiguity in this film, so you don't really know how they build these relationships where there's they get also, some money. There's also a lot of connections, too. Yes. Right? Did you know, Did you read about the connections that this film has to other David Ayer's films? Oh, as if it's in the same universe, because a lot exactly. of David Ayer's uh, films are very much like Quentin. So this one takes place in the same world as Training Day. Yes. So and also and and the leader of the Bloods is in he's in Training Day that mm-hmm. actor and that character. Wow, that's it. that's why he was so in it. And then okay. I believe it's in Sabotage that they reference um, the Hillside Treses. Okay, the other gang that's giving them trouble. Oh, okay. And so they name check that gang a couple of times, and that gang is brought up in, in a that. different film. Hey, man. So David Ayers does a really good job of. I I think he does. He's very underrated in world building. Right. Yes. Um, Fury is one of my favorite films that he watched, and in fact, right around Fourth of July, whatever that was, like on repeat on TV. Uh, and in fact, I I think that's one of the best war films that isn't realistic at all. I mean, it's just not. It's a comic book story that I, that isn't a comic book. Well, it's like book. five dudes in the tank. Surviving. Take on like an entire SS battalion. I wonder how far you realistically could get with uh, just in an armored tank with the best soldiers. So strategy, like strategy, ain't a problem. It's just really numbers and how far can you get probably about 10 minutes into that film i think i think we underestimate how quickly people die in war i think movies make us think people like well they glorify it they land on the beaches of normandy and make it to berlin it's like no dude you're dying on the boat before you land (laughs) on the fucking beach man we are we're the The, fodder for sure dude Um, i'm gonna have a heart attack before we even like i'm just i don't know how to do this (laughs) i I don't know how to swim um sidebar when i was in new york i went to the uss intrepid the uh aircraft carrier that they have there yeah and i went they had a whole exhibit on the cooks 
of the of the Navy. I'm glad they're getting and you know what that recognition. Very one of my favorite parts of the museum. Nice. Was, uh, because you don't think about it. One of the traditions that the Navy has is they bake these giant ornate cakes. Yeah. And uh, they have to bake them on these sheets. They only have these baking sheets, but they have hundreds and thousands of them. So they just bake and bake and bake and make these giant cakes and then frost them. And then they cut them with these big sabers and they use them for like giant, like when Japan surrenders or when it's Douglas MacArthur's birthday or they like sink a battleship or something. They bake these giant cakes. And I was just like, well, that's nice to know. Like, Honestly, yeah. I mean, fun facts are party tricks, dude. Look at this. You're saying it on air. Yeah, you should have seen the menus. The menus were fun, too, because they had the menus, and it'd be like, starts off with like crackers and tomato soup, mm -hmm. and then you have like either roast beef and vegetables or chicken and uh, like mashed potatoes or whatever, and then for dessert, a cigar, a cigarette, and coffee, and it's like, nice. You Thank tell you, me America. you get a cigar for for dessert with some coffee they give it to you every every day for dinner damn dude that's classy God, as hell. I miss the 40s that's yeah. classy you but, missed the 40s yeah <laughs> the tax collector film yes. um has those connections to other david ayers films which is really cool yeah yes. you, world building like you had said that is Incredible something that he doesn't building. get enough recognition for that only really movie buffs will have the interest of making those connections i agree uh his world building i think is something that i um think people want to see more of yet don't appreciate yeah. Look at how this film is receptive. I think what also turns this film off to a lot of people is the insane amount of violence. Uh, we should have yeah. put that disclaimer on the last episode. Yeah. I did not expect this film to be that violent. Yeah. Uh, uh, and But the violence doesn't necessarily roll in until a, a little bit later. No. It's, it's shocking. It is pretty shocking. But yeah. two points on the violence. One, one of the most realistic artistic views of violence I've ever seen in a film. Mm -hmm. Nothing in this movie made me think, oh, that's that's Hollywood. Yeah. Everything from the road rash of that guy's face to the bullets in the hotel room uh, to Danny at the uh, David at the end of the film, all of the violence and then the repercussions of the violence yes. seemed very, very real to me. I do want to highlight that moment where he does take the man's face, Bobby Soto, mm. and like grinds it like they're in the moving van and puts it up against the the gravel in a moving car, man. And then Ugh. you see his face and he literally looks like Two-Face. Two -Face. Yes. From Worst. DC, and you know and he's still talking. He uh, grunting. Yeah, grunting, really um, trying to get an address out of his mouth. Yeah, it's it's that. I believe it was that scene, or maybe it was when Shia died, where mm -hmm. I was audibly I was watching it in my room, and I and I was like I was doing that laugh, that holy fucking shit laugh. Yeah, and my mom just happened to be coming down the hallway, and she was like, "Are you okay?" And I had to like pause it and like walk away. Three times I had to pause this film the first time I watched it. I had to pause it and walk away. Well, cause it is because, overwhelming, dude. Oh my gosh, like, man. Even now just thinking I, I was I was not prepared for that amount of violence. For or the or the graphicness. Because I've just told you yes. the other day about how I don't like graphic gore. Yeah, it's but a little too much. This is realistic though. Yeah. Right? I it's weird where my line is drawn. I just Yeah, no, I mean it has to be done well. Like obviously my line is drawn. Uh I could enjoy quentin because it is obvious obviously very fictitious and yeah. over the top yes. right yes um but i draw the line at something like saw saw or hostile i cannot Agreed. that just makes that makes me gag that's just like too much it's, it's not even value. enjoyable it is shock value but wouldn't you say that that man's face on the on the gravel is also shock value yeah it's gonna make you cringe so for a the, little bit so why do we like that why do we think that that is more artistic well okay there to dissect that scene a little bit more you don't see it happen you see the Creepy. repercussions but you don't see yeah you do do you actually yeah it cuts to a shot that's like Holy like shit. from the wheel yeah you're right you're absolutely right and then 
It's brutal. But but like you know what I think it is though. Mm. This is a fictitious world. Yeah. That is very realistic. Yeah. The the concepts and the maybe the storyline isn't very realistic. I don't believe that there's one tax collector going around to all the gangs in East LA yeah. and collecting money for the cartel. I just think the cartel runs these gangs, but I don't think they have these two guys who go around. Which yeah. apparently it's also like a title, like that tax collector job used to be his dad's. And and uh, question, yeah. his dad's the wizard, right? Yes. Okay. And his dad is also uh, Senator Organa from Star Wars. Oh, is that who that <laughs> that's is? Who that is, dude. I thought I recognized yeah, him. Yeah, that's him. Like, right when I saw his face in that jail cell, I was like, that's um, why his uh, stepdad. That's fucking hilarious. Crazy, man. Yeah, um, they're really putting you, some hitters. You know who, you know who else sneaks in this film? Who? George Lopez. George Lopez. Honestly, it is. I have such respect for George Lopez being as tough in this movie. For having Incredible come from a typecast act- of having, like, this sitcom, right? And Everybody gonna- in this film, and I don't want to knock the guy who plays David. Uh, but Bobby I think, Soto, yeah. unfortunately, and he's doing a great job too. But unfortunately, he's in there with these actors who are doing such great character work. Yes, his character to me falls a little flat. It makes it sense for who he is and and pushes the story. But but to me, even his wife has a bigger, more defined character than uh, Bobby Soto's. Yeah, because it is his character is kind of generic. Like he is the he, the the he, the. the, the He's that calming trope of like, yes, I'm a tough person in the, the gang. Re- the reluctant gung- prince. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Right? He has this big task where he knows he needs to get shit done, but it's all for his family type and so, of thing. And so here's my next question for you that I wanted to bring up. What's up? Is the test put on by the wizard? Did the wizard bring in That's Canejo? what I found was a little bit ambiguous. But he, the wizard does say one thing at the very end. He says, you saved me, son. And that makes me think that he was in danger from Canejo. And Kaneo's gang. And since he destroyed Kaneo, his men are no longer going to be after. Which is why they showed so much um, violence in the prison. There was like three dead dudes, right? They def- Yeah, they, they don't. That's the other thing. In the beginning, you think that they're showing in like Shia LaBeouf dragging that guy by the neck and smoking the cigarette covered in blood. Yeah. And then those guys in the prison. They show you that stuff and you think it's just kind of cutaways and feed for, for the fodder. But what it actually is, is explaining how deep this stuff goes back. You mentioned earlier how the flashbacks got kind of nauseating near the end of this film. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did, I disagree. I uh-huh. think they kind of served the purpose of building that world. They showed us, I wish we could have seen some different ones. And you're right. The one that you brought up in an example mm-hmm. is like the silliest, shittiest flashback. Um, but <laughs> I think they helped build the world. Um, was that on air? Is that, did they hear that did, what? about the flashback? Uh, yeah, when I was talking, yeah, we had, had okay. already pressed, uh, record. No, um, what made me laugh was like at the very end. When uh, David is beating the shit out of Conejo in the bathroom, right? Yeah. He is like in a position that is very uh, resembling of a position that he was in when he was doing the jujitsu class, right? And it yes. shows that. And he's supposed to like flip over the guy. <laughs> it's funny because they show that flashback, but instead of using the jujitsu, he ends up just beating, beating the, the shit out of him he picks with up a, a sink. sink. Yeah. So I, I do, I, I agree. And, and now even that you're explaining it more, I, I'm more on your side with it. Um, yeah. I think we already know he knows jujitsu. We already know that he gets his ass beat when yeah. he has his back on the ground and, and the guy has the top ground. We've seen it already. Yes. But we've also seen him learn how to get out of it. Yes. It's a redundant um It could have just been a subtle thing. You know, so and we're like, the, oh, that's right. I think the flashback should have been from Conejo. Yes. The flashback should have been Conejo killing George Lopez. Or Ooh. actually, but even that's the other thing. That guy who, who was with Conejo, homeboy, 
Yeah, which one? The long-haired guy? He's an uh, UFC He's an fighter. MMA fighter. Yeah, yeah that's right. What the right. fuck is his name? He's uh, a bad motherfucker. Yeah, he he's looked a, like a bad he's motherfucker. He's a bad motherfucker, dude. dude. They're just Woo! trying to get a bunch of fighters in here. They got La- Brendan Schaub and La- in there. And Latino power, bro. This movie had it going on. I yes. don't know what David Ayer's descent is, but the Latino in me was fucking going. I do also want to say, yes, I love this film from the first five seconds. Yeah. When it opens up and it says... Uh, Life, loyalty, honor. Exactly, yeah. Or life, family, that. honor, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the fucking font. Yes, it was like a cursive font. Oh, very, very similar to your tattoo. Very, very similar, similar to, to my tattoo. tattoo. And it, like, I just fuck immediately. I was, I was into it. What I, I like about sold. the beginning is that it starts off because anyone watching this film already knows that it's gonna be violent. It's about uh, gangs. I, I didn't. I knew it was gonna be about gangs. I did not think it was gonna be this violent. I think also I forgot how violent David Ayers gets yes. when he's not handcuffed by Warner Brothers. Yeah. Because I was expecting Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think everybody. I think everybody is expecting. Has which Suicide is very squad in their filtered mouth. very yes. filtered when you hear david ayers name right you think suicide squad i i hate that we accredit suicide squad to him because that's not the it movie sucks. he wanted well to make. it's it's even though it that objectively wasn't a good movie the idea i don't blame him for it yeah it's just kind of like he tried he definitely tried and proof proof is the Zack snyder justice league yeah like visually that movie was fucking great and so you know what he could do like vi- visually do you not it was agree fun. with that it was fun but i think that editing and the cut you're talking about like the character introduction scene the character introductions and all that stuff that kind of editing was kind of cool there's a vision there yeah. you can tell those are bold decisions but i don't know if that was david ayers Ooh, that's okay, okay because yeah. the editor got a lot of props and then the editor of the trailer trailer got a lot of props too yeah because remember the first trailer that we saw ended up like none of those scenes ended up being in the movie and i fucking hate when they do that trailers because fuck the, up. because the but but because the trailer was based on the real movie yes the trailer was based on the movie that david ayers had made where the joker has an hour more of screen time is the main villain and partners oh. and partners with enchantress to go against the the suicide squad. i feel like there was a lot of potential well now next year they're going to come out with the suicide squad which is unrelated new movie yeah unrelated new probably going to be rated r hopefully it is be rated it is but, sure. but because of deadpool yes you remember deadpool came out after suicide squad and they're like okay i guess a rated r superhero uh flick could actually work i did say too i don't know if this was on air i wish suicide squad was this violent yeah, yeah. even even that shitty storyline if it was this violent though, because the comic book was super violent. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember Suicide Squad when I bought Suicide Squad as a kid, being one of the comics that I hid because, uh, not that like my parents would see it and like know what I was reading, but because I knew how violent a fucking yeah, comic no, book was. well with like a a, a concept where you are utilizing anti heroes, right? Literal villains the of this comic is, universe. Yeah. the fun is the killing of them. Is the killing the lack of uh, boundaries that they have because they are demented? That's you should fucking capitalize in that, especially when you have millions of dollars to make it work. Which brings me, I wanted to bring up the budget and the. Yeah, box well, I, I'm, I'm very curious as to what this is because, um, uh, independently produced, um, right? Uh, I don't know. RG, RJE, I believe, was the company that helped produce it. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. It is RJE. Um, what, what kind of company are they? They're, we've seen a couple of films by them. They make They make quite a few films. In fact, another one, and now that I watch them so much, Instagram pumps their like, films directly to me. Algorithms, dude. I'm actually not complaining. Yeah, I'm not mad about if that. If I never have to go on Amazon searching for something again, they just tell me I want it, I'm cool with it. Dude, yeah. No, Thank I get you, it. Orwell. It's better than my algorithms right now. You, you you tap on one IG model and they just give you boobs, 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 boobs on the feed. That's all we see on ICBTB IG now. And I try so hard to fight it, dude. Dude. You blame it on me, but it's somewhere in the middle. There's a mix. Honestly. There's a mix. It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. 
Anyways, that was enough um, stalling because I have the budget here for Yeah, it. let's hear it. It's kind of hurts to know this, but I think it's because it's only had a weekend out. We haven't even... It's, by the time we're recording this episode, it hasn't been out for two weekends. Okay. Uh, it's also straight to VOD. Yep. Um, which I think also may have been the original plan. I don't know if Tax Collector was ever intended to go to theaters. Mm, that is... I don't know. I really couldn't tell you. But uh, so what? What are the numbers? I'm gonna go backwards, okay? Because it's how a much more it made, mm-hmm. and then how much do I think was the budget? Okay. Let's First go. weekend, VOD only. Three hundred and nine thousand dollars box office. This number was uh, claimed in August 9th. Okay. Okay. So it made three hundred nine thousand eight hundred ninety four dollars. All right, that's in two days. What do you think the budget for this David Ayers? Shia LaBeouf film. Fuck, dude. That's really hard. I think Shia hard. LaBeouf was also a producer. I'm not really good with... Um, I'm going to go with 10 mil. This movie had a $30 million budget. $30 million? I think you can see it in the set, the cars, the costumes, and then some of the actors. I don't think Shia LaBeouf is cheap. I no. don't think George Lopez is cheap. But also, I, I could see George Lopez asking for a pretty penny. I could see the guy who played the Lopez wizard. Lopez got a mil. Um, for sure. Wizard didn't get a mil. Didn't get a mil? No way. You know this for? Uh, no, yeah. I'm just guessing. He's just I'm not just, as popular just, an actor. I'm just throwing sure. it out there. I think based on star power. Yes. And and how much we see in the lines? Yeah. I don't think Wizard gets money based. based I'm only on, thinking that because he has Star Wars underneath his belt, and so that's something that he could flex we on his resume. His face. We see um, his chin. Um. Oh yeah, you barely you see his face in bad lighting at the yeah. very end. He's got eight lines. Shia, got, I could see being very humble and uh, just Shia. I don't think is cheap. Yeah, I, none, I don't think his baseline is cheap, but I don't think he's crazy over the top expensive because if he thinks it's if he likes the character um, or if he likes a director, I feel like he'll do a favor and he just wants to make art, man. I think if it's a $30 million budget, I think he's getting close to 10. He's, he's probably getting a, probably a larger he's getting fraction. He's getting more than a million. I don't think Shia gets out of bed for less than a million. $30 million. No, at least a million. I'm surprised, sure. actually. $30 million blows my mind that they um, – but it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I do want to talk about how like Shia is getting a lot of heat from this movie because they think he's doing brownface. I and I was gonna bring that up, Rob. That was one of the first things that Rob texted me. He's like, "I'm can't tell," and I'm gonna say no, and yes. I'll tell you exactly why. And I'll say no as well, and I think I might know exactly why. Is it because we know white boys who grew up in that area and would talk like that? Well, it's because I saw an article where David Ayers defends it and says, "No, he is Shia LaBeouf is playing a white guy that grew up in the hood." Exactly, and so he has those inflections. I, I know people who, and not necessarily in that hood or in that neighborhood but yeah. we know people of different ethnicities who grow up in a neighborhood and learn how to speak like that now my 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 family is from la and like we do know some people who've like grown up in that area and that is just a matter of fact like homeboys are homeboys right doesn't matter if you're white black brown what doesn't matter my dad's a dutch indo and lived in east la all his friends were mexican everyone yeah. just thought my dad was mexican but yeah. he's dutch indo you know what i mean you grow up in the area that you are i think he does an incredible job at no point do i think he is Doing an accent for the sake of a character, yeah. I think he's inflecting. I think he's inflecting statements mm-hmm. that reflect who he is as a character. Yeah, right. Because he only ever really does the like, uh, "Why don't you come look me in the eyes?" Yeah. You know, like or like uh, ASA. Like it's very small. Actually, he doesn't ever say ASA, but like it's very small things. It's not his full time speech when he's in the car talking. He doesn't really like have that thick of an accent, but it is the. Major statements that are generational, handed down from hood to hood, from people to people, from, you know, when you grow up in like, uh, 
that's just what you hear. Yeah, hey, man. Come knowing on. what kind of artist Shia LaBeouf is, I don't think he is ignorant enough to just uh, take on a character of a different ethnicity and show them in a uh, derogatory way. For sure, I think yeah, he is really taking on this character and knowing that it's realistic that a person of a different ethnicity and, could take on that kind of uh, inflection. And, and here's here's my thing about um, brown face and black face and things like that. Do you know why I don't consider this brown face, or why I wouldn't consider why or why I wouldn't consider like white chicks the reverse of of black face? Mm-hmm. It's because the the well maybe not that one, but but the reason why I don't consider this one brown face is because it's not like he is out there wearing brown makeup wearing a sombrero and then doing this character mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah he's yeah. portraying a real person real people live like that real people act like that and real people talk like that yeah of it's, of that design and, and and act that way it's not mickey rooney from uh breakfast at tiffany's yeah yeah he's not it's not mickey Rourke. or mickey Rourke. i'm so sorry uh <laughs> <laughs> mickey Rourke. um uh, but uh no you're, you're right i think um I think it's one thing to be doing blackface minstrel show to de- to degrade and make black people feel bad about themselves and prove to them that that they're nothing better than a joke, and then it's another thing to be a um, to be a artist in the highest sense of the word where you've embodied a character so much to the point where you're getting a, a eighteen hour tattoo done permanently. Yeah. To play this character. Yeah. I mean, yes. that's that. That brings me to my next point of that tattoo that Shia LaBeouf had on his chest is a real tattoo that he got done, and uh, we see it for fifteen seconds. Really, it's not. It's for- and and you don't even. I I wish I almost thought there were going to be a scene where it's just like him getting dressed. They were really just going to shoehorn in or that tattoo or him beating the shit out of someone while he's shirtless. I something, will something. venture to say that in a violent movie, Shia LaBeouf is one of the least violent characters in here. He he, he is. In, in terms of like actions, like you see him threaten, you see him threaten with a power drill, which is scary as fuck. That's a growl, man. But I you don't talk about see, that. A, you don't see him kill anyone. You see him shoot a gun. You don't know, you don't actually well, see him inflict any pain. We see anyone. him strangling that guy. Remember he's dragging oh, that with, guy by, by the, the belt. Oh, by the tie or whatever, yeah. By the belt. And then he's covered in blood and uh, Soto is saying, I've seen guys chopped up with Mm-hmm. Chainsaws. So it is insinuated that he is a violent character, and that he and he even has quotes saying like, "Hey, are we killing anyone today? I'm yeah. wearing nice shoes," and it's so nonchalant. And oh, so and the guy's like, "I've heard you're the devil," and he's like, "I might be," and he like laughs. He like likes that. I love the sunglasses on him, dude. Shia LaBeouf. He takes off a little too much. Baddest motherfucker. I would have kind of liked if he never took his sunglasses off, but I do mm-hmm. like when he does. Mm-hmm. But that's because you don't like taking your sunglasses. Maybe off. at the end of this episode, I'll take mine off, but we gotta black out my eyes. <laughs> um. Uh, I I uh, fuck. What was I gonna say about Shia LaBeouf? What were we just talking about? We're talking about how he's a bad motherfucker. Uh, oh, how he's like um like maybe the least violent character in this film. Yes, I I agree, but I think the insinuated danger of him is so much better. It's scary. You don't have to see it. It's the it's like yeah, uh, we know he's violent, but what like what could he? The do? mystery of what could he do? Yeah, what is he capable of doing? I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. I've seen this film actually. Honestly, I've seen this film almost seven times now. Mm-hmm. Wow, that many times. Yeah, um, uh, I've rented it twice. Nice. You should have just bought it. dude. I should have at that point. But I don't know now if I'll ever watch it again. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sad. Uh-huh. Um, but I've watched it a lot of times, and I think, I think. He make he makes the the beautiful sentence that's in the trailer and everybody knows it. Where he's like, I got two thirty eights on both my ankles. He's like, I got thirty eights on both my ankles. I got twenty five in my right. I got a forty eight on my left. He goes, and I got a chopper in the trunk. Yeah, 
I don't think you need all of that. That's a lot. I would never want to carry a gun on my ankle. One, because I don't think the holsters are good. And the gun you're carrying has got to be at least a 22 because it's not going to be very big. I don't have big ankles, so I'm not going to be able to carry a 30, uh, 357 on my ankle, yeah. which I would assume would be worth carrying as a revolver. So here's this guy carrying two ankle holsters. Strap. Two different 38s. And the 38's like a police special. So it's going to be that snub nose that he pulled out and put in Hector from fucking Fast and the Furious's face because he's in every Latino gang film. We'll get to that in a second. So, he's, so we know what kind of 38 he's talking about. And we know yeah. what 38s he carries. My thing is... Honestly, the Glock is probably the best gun that he's carrying. If you're going to have a gunfight and you've come down to your ankle holsters, that's six to five shots, you're fucked anyways, bro. Yeah. Oh, at that point, that's last resort And when ammunition. it popped off, he didn't even go to his Glock. When everything popped off, he went to another six-shooter like a fucking cowboy. And guess what happened? He ran out of bullets and they fucking took oh, him. Right? Man, dude. But he, he literally ran out of bullets. He could have been carrying something that had 24 shots in his pants. I wish he was going to go shot. out like Scarface style. At least take some down. Some of Conejo's men down before he was taken. But I think like, a couple of Conejo's men He took men down took a down. couple, but like it should have been yeah. for... I would like to prescribe... This with the typical ICBTB prescription. Take this a, a and make series? it a mini series because I, make it either give us like a little prequel. That would have been for really, Creeper. You're right. We could have gone back. We could have the first episode could have been the first ten minutes, right, yeah. where we get to see them do their job. Second episode, we see a little backstory on uh, Soto. We see a little backstory of David. Yeah, yeah. Third I'm episode, we that. see a backstory of Creeper. Uh-huh. Fourth episode, we see a backstory for George Lopez and, and then, Gunnell. Uh, we see the we see the we see him kill. Um, we uh, see Conejo's the, dad. Yeah, is and it's Conejo's dad, homeboy's dad. Who's dad? Who's homeboy? Uh, MMA fighter who killed George Lopez. No, 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 no. Uh, Conejo, uh, Conejo's dad. Conejo's just completely unrelated from that guy. Conejo's they, just another and they met form a, of protection for uh, MMA fighter dude. An MMA fighter dude. Venom. I, his name is Venom. In real life? No, in the okay, in the, in the movie. Uh, movie okay. Yes, we gotta look it up because I I really like him as a fighter. He's a really good sidebar. Fighter. Um, do you know what Brendan Schaub's character is listed as? What his name is on the cast list? No. And I'm sure it's pronounced in Spanish, but the word for black in Spanish when you're using Negro. that color. Yes. That's what his character's name is. And I was like, um, but wow. Is, yeah. And I was also getting surprised because that's when I found out, like, Brendan Schaub's in this fucking movie? This is a Google glitch. That's the funny thing about it's just, but that doesn't mean, you know, like the derogatory term for black people in Mexico is not that though. Yeah. Like they not. have different derogatory terms. I'm sure for black people there's a whole nother vocabulary that I'm afraid to hear. Oh man, work in a kitchen, you'll learn them. Oh man, <laughs> goddamn, dude. Um, uh, yeah, no, so, so. When in regards Venom's, to the miniseries? Venom's dad. Yes. Real quick. Venom's dad was killed by George Lopez. No, Conejo's dad was get killed by George Lopez, and that's why Conejo has such a big vendetta against but, but George Lopez. Also, Venoms. Are they related? I don't know. That's my question, though. No, no, no. From but, my understanding, it's only Conejo's but, dad. But because it was Venom who killed him, though. Because remember the whole thing was like, uh, your uncle's the one who killed my dad, and that trigger was pulled years ago because because he did it and didn't kill his son, this is what happens. Because uh-huh. that's what happened. Remember, Conejo says that. He's like, this is what happens when you kill when a you man don't kill the and don't son. kill his son. Yes. He's talking about Venom. No, I thought Conejo was talking about Referring himself. To himself. No, I, I'm pretty sure he's talking about Venom. Hey, you probably, you might have a better angle on this because you've seen it and seven I think, times. I think Conejo, uh, George Lopez ran Conejo out of L.A. That's That was the thing. Which is why Conejo was in the West. And went back to Mexico. Is that what he said? Oh, he was in Mexico. He yeah, went yeah. back to Mexico. From this, Jalisco. And this is where, which is uh, you know, a crazy fucking town. I'm sure. Uh, uh, state. Um, uh, when he came back, that and I and I wonder if, but oh, fuck, dude. 
Are you having realizations now after watching it well, seven I'm, times? I'm, I'm confused a little bit on because because the world is so big and yes. they, and like Tarantino, they just kind of say it and expect you to figure it out later. I'm just kind of trying to figure it out because there is some sort of connection between Venom and Conejo, and I don't know if that is the same connection. Is I thought Conejo's brother was killed by George Lopez, and that's why George Lopez got him out of town. That brother was Venom's dad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're building this family tree. I'm in, I'm envisioning it. Which is which is why when they came to collect money from Venom, yeah, and he says this money doesn't belong to you. This money belongs to us. This money belongs to my new family, yeah. Conejo, who has has protection over him because they're related that way. Yeah. And he's been paying money to the tax collectors because we killed your dad. Your gang now runs for us, and you make us money. Yeah, I think that's possible. I think. That's something that I, um, once again, like I said, I've only I, seen like, this we once. Need, we need David Ayers here. Honestly. We like, do. This yes. is a question for him. This is really, yeah, I want to know because this is a very, very uh, dense world. It's very dense with a lot of connections. This movie is very, and then also very realistic too. The family dynamic that he has, the connection with the sister-in-law and the whole yes. quinceanera underlying storyline. Yes. Like we forget this all takes place in about 48 hours. This is a short movie. This is an hour and a half. Yeah, it all takes place minutes. in like two or three days. I want to say... Wow, life 48. really changed for him in like three days, After dude. that party. Wow, yeah. Because this dude showed up... Because the count was short. Mm-hmm. That was the first problem. Holy crap. The count was short. And it's funny because he even mentions that in the beginning of like, don't ever make your count short. I really did like the scenes where they were collecting... Where they had a list and they're not... And it was the just a day of bars. work. It was just a day of work and the candy uh-huh. bars. You get to see how they really run the their business, right? Mm-hmm. How they really protect these gangs and when they're when they're uh, slanging, right? Sure, sure. And um, I I liked how shy, how intimidating Shia's character was toward the new the new runner, right? The new shot caller for that whatever gang that was. Yeah. And it, you could see what I think was depicted very well was the vulnerability of the gang members that were in the whose lives were at stake because of the tax collectors. Like when they go to that new shot caller, they say, Hey, you're 20 grand short. And you know, they have him at gunpoint and they say, it's because my daughter has cancer. He is, she has leukemia. You think that's real? I think in that story, I mean, I don't, I'm with creeper. I think, I think he's making up anything to save his life and keep his money. And I think David gone soft. Uh, I think, I think it was showing that David gone soft. And I, I think it's showing where Creeper's uh, moral compass does lie and how loyal he is to his job. But also, I don't know. I'd like to see maybe five more minutes with that couple. Yeah, for sure. Another question that I have for you is, uh, didn't they say they had the money to cover cover it? Who had enough money to cover it? Uh, David and his wife. Yeah. Didn't she say they had enough money to cover the yeah, loss? Yeah, because uh, she had some floating money. So then why were they still scared? Um, I don't know why they were still scared. Scared of Wizard, you mean? Yeah. I don't know because Wizard told him not to fuck it up, and he would know. They think the house is bugged. That's another thing. Was sort of, that's another thing about gangster films that I think is super underrated is how like you don't even know if you're being bugged by the fucking feds or by the gang Here's itself. That's what, a cartel thing. What it makes me think of is not necessarily or were they af- it may be afraid of their lives, but like at the end of the day, would Wizard kill hi- kill his son? Right. I think what David Soto that whole like a oh, wizard doesn't even talk to you. I that think it's the so disrespect weird. of yeah not. Of your father not respecting yeah. you. I think that's what that movie, this movie turned into. Speaking of disrespect. What? The scene with Shia LaBeouf and the electric drill. Right? So the guy oh, coughs. Man. And he comes up to him and he puts the drill like straight to his heart. And then he pulls off and then he just puts like steps on his shoe. He says, oh, my bad. Sorry about your shoes, man. So Shia LaBeouf talked, is so scary. I've talked about this in the past before. One of the last fights that I got into where I kind of like ended my 
streak was was a bar fight, and the dude had stepped on my shoe. And you were holding a power drill. <laughs> and I fucking put it to his <laughs> chest and pulled my sunglasses up and was like, look at me. No, no. You want to see me hang this post? He stepped on my shoe, and I pushed him off, and was like, hey, man, you stepped on my shoes. And he didn't get it. He was fucking drunk and Irish and didn't understand what, what was happening. But I took that as immediate disrespect. Uh-huh. And and not only was it, because his whole thing was like, oh, is your foot okay? And my whole thing was like, it's not about my foot. Yeah. It's not about that. No. And like, and, and I remember trying to explain it to the girls with that night and being like, it wasn't about the fact that he stepped on my foot. Like, the, the point is like, that is disrespect. You don't step on someone's shoe like that yeah. unless you're trying to send a message to them. Yeah. Seeing that in this film here, like, that's, especially still to. early on in the film, fucking fired me yeah. up too. Because I was like, that's, they you got get it. it. They fucking, they got it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That that's that's what that means to me. Like if somebody, especially especially now that I have this horrible addiction to shoes, where I can't stop buying shoes. Yeah, if that man. shit fucking happened again, I would. That is the fucking that is the fucking worst. Isn't it My interesting? My palms are fucking sweating thinking about it. How um, our primal sense is really. It's another language, right? It is an unspoken language. It's, it's like a mixture of pheromones in the air. You can just feel the tension in the room, like oh, by oh, just yes, by yes. just the even look, even through a film, yes, or even intonation in like someone how someone says something to you, like "Hey, but, sup?" or "Sup." Yeah, the up, the up nod, the or up the down nod, nod, or the down nod. Like yeah. you could feel the disrespect, and es- it's- especially for. I think it's interesting too, especially for people who like for us who grew up in pretty white suburban neighborhoods, mm-hmm. like to still understand it, to still like be aware of what at least. Definitely for me, I was definitely very hyper aware of like the kind of disrespect that people would throw out, which definitely is a difference between me and you. Mm-hmm. Um, and cl- clearly, because I had a very aggressive early 20s, um, because I took everything as disrespect. I was looking at things and seeing things and expecting expecting yeah. them to, to act a certain way, and they weren't acting a certain way. And now it's a disrespectful thing. It's my pride, and it's in my girl, and it's my, my buddies and my family. And it's everything. Now I got to fucking kill you, um, which is, I think, a problem with young, angsty men that this film kind of touches on, too. You know why... You know why George Lopez sits back at the fucking tire shop and does it and makes the calls? It's because he's an old man now. Old men don't go around. Well, he's gone through like it, dude. He he had exactly. He was doing exactly what David Soto was doing, right? Was go, was he going was a tax to collector. yeah yeah and and David Soto's goal was to eventually become his deal. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think George Lopez knew he was going to his death when he said, "Hey, man, that thing we talked about, I'm gonna go handle that." No, no, I, I don't think he was do. marching to his death. Oh, bro, I think, he, I think maybe. Oh, dude, but I think he would have. I think he would have expected to at least taken out Conejo at least. I think he had to know if Conejo's back, he's gonna come. He's back to kill him. Yeah. The only reason why Conejo would come back to America is to kill George Lopez, and I think that's why he said, "You're scared." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Soto called, he knew. called it out on him. But and, the machismo uh, part of George Lopez didn't want to show that fear, which is why he got so upset when. Uh, David's uh, when Bobby Soto called him out. Uh, yeah, and also slap yeah. him in the face, yeah, like, I, "Hey, don't don't say I'm scared." One deep down inside, he knows why Conejo's there to kill him, dude. Yeah, man. It's, uh, Does he know? I I guess I maybe. could never live a life of a gangster, man. Like <sighs> uh, on dream, edge. Dude. There's something that Shia said as far back the, as I can remember. Uh, I've always wanted. You've to be always a gangster, wanted, bro. To. I've um, always wanted to be. There, there's a quote that Shia said. Uh, at the quinceanera where he's saying like man i want what you have i want yes. to be able to come home to a castle where behind those walls i'm safe Agreed. but every single day i'm living life on edge you know this is you know but he doesn't like, believe but, in god he knows he's he has taken life but even he says right there it's like but this is the life i chose but this is the life i chose yeah i shia labeouf's character is so fleshed out and so in all the way are. all of them are even though he is such a violent gangster sure I would say that he's the most relatable character there, um, at least that I connected to in, in like say I guess in being envious of like someone else's life in that in that way, and at least he's aware. 
And I think what was also very relatable about him is that he was willing to die for his, for for, uh, for Bobby Soto. Right until the wheels come off, bro. Yeah, right. You know, the, the day that he dies, he he grabs Bobby Soto by the neck and puts him forehead to forehead and says, I will ride with you until one of us dies, mm-hmm. you know? And Shia's acting in that is so believable. I forgot he was Shia LaBeouf for a minute, man. He was playing that character he embodies that so character. well. And I think the scars on his face look better in this film than they did in Fury because those mm-hmm. were actual scars he gave himself for Fury. Damn, That dude. show up in the, that you see on his face in this one. Mm-hmm. And he just embodied this character, does an incredible job. Um, so much respect for that individual, man. Such a beautiful film. I mean, uh, aggressively violent and incredibly gory. But yeah. uh, if I were to have any like criticisms, like I said, it's like uh, I guess uh, poor placement of some flashbacks, some editing, some edits that don't necessarily need to be there. There was like one where uh, um, David goes into the hotel room where he was supposed to meet with his wife. Right. That was a little silly when he doesn't know she's dead yet. Yeah, and like you wouldn't check the other side of the bed and see her dead body. No, you there. wouldn't, dude. What? You, when you go into a hotel, you check the whole. You go around the bed. When I'm afraid, for, when I don't, when I know my life is in danger and my my family's in I danger, guess. I'm checking out everything. If no I one's guess. responding to me, that looks really realistic to me, though. So I I kind of disagree. I think that was very realistic to me mm-hmm. because here his thinking is his wife is with his kids, giving them to to the sister in law, right? So yeah. she's not back yet. She's yeah. not back yet. Yeah. So why would you check around the bed if you know she's not back oh, yet? Oh, that makes sense. Okay, I didn't take that into account. I... And so he goes and washes his face. He looks up and then he sees it. And then suddenly it's like, fuck, why didn't I? Yeah. But that's um, not necessarily so what beautiful. I'm complaining about. But like when she does die and I understand that he's like torn about it. But the, in the edit, they go to this flashback where she's looking into the barrel of the camera with her kids for like a good 10 seconds. A little I, too I long. I don't like any time people. I, I, I have something against movies. Unless you're Jim Helper, don't ever look at the camera. Yeah, she's like looking at the camera dude. and like she got some fake lips. I so think we're she supposed has to be Bobby Soto, lips. but no way, bro. We're not fucking. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't know. So that's a complaint that I, that I have. And look, this movie has some flaws. I'm not saying it doesn't. Yeah. But uh, but it, I think it's I think people are gonna write this off as a weird Shia LaBeouf film where he's pretending to be Mexican and is too violent. Yes. And people aren't gonna see the true depth of character and acting that went into this film and just the world building, man. Like I think yeah. at the end of the day, what I really am so enamored by is that the fact that David Ayers in 95 minutes yeah, builds on an existing world that is just so deep and rich with characters. Yes, I did. I did have, um, empathy. I, I did have a connection to the bloods there. Like, cause they were, I, the the leader of the Bloods, what was his name? Bone or something Bone. like that. Bone, who looked like an older Kobe. Uh, oh, rest in peace, he, Kobe. Yeah, rest in peace, Kobe. He Kobe Turtle Kobe. There was something about him saying like you're you're a, a light in the darkness. Or that you're, yeah, you're a candle in the darkness. That's right. That's right. That part I didn't really. His for we needed a flashback of why they were together exactly. for so long. That's something. One of the flashbacks we didn't get that we probably should have had was the flashback of them working all together. Yeah. Because the reason, because at the end of the film, when he rides with him, literally till the end of the film, it doesn't make sense why he's there for that long. Yeah, David must have done something really good for the Bloods to have that kind of connection, right? That To have that kind of trust. Like, hey, did, I'm going to go into the- your party real quick and I need your help. I need some of your guys to like... Ride with me. We're going to die. A suicide yeah. mission. Yeah, basically. Um, I don't think, think any of them died, actually. I think nope, that was a pretty, none of them. they're pretty badass again some parts aren't un- are unrealistic but because you know they would have lost a few soldiers in there and they were also like uh, army ranger trained hitmen but like from the hood 
Yeah. Oh, man. Do you remember that scene where uh, David was strangling one of Conejo's men against the railing? His like splinter, oh, his like splinter cells, splinter cell type of thing. Yeah, straight up assassinates him. Where, his body's like. Where at the same air. time, Bone is ruining the secret and like the stealth of it. Bone is just like legitimately having a loud a gun shootout, fight, a loud gunfight in the front yard. How loud is Conejo's TV inside of that apartment with that goth chick? Um, Gata, so fucking hot, dude. She was good. I like how Shia was intrigued by her. Uh, you know what? That was a line that reminded me of you. Like I'm fucking, int- I'm fucking. Int- what did he say? I'm fucking intrigued though. Some some shit like that. That was a line that I was like, that's something Christian would say. I'm fucking I'm, intrigued. Like the way he said it too was like, I'm fucking intrigued. She got me fucking intrigued. Not smooth, though. not smooth like that though. Definitely not smooth I, no, like that. No, I do. I think so. Wow. Like that that was a line where I was truly just like Christian would say that to me. I'm, like, I'm fucking intrigued. I'm because flattered. of the phrasing too. It's like it's that slang. It's like the very Maybe. like of the moment talking. Maybe. I think in ten years you won't ever say it, but I think yeah. In, I think right now. Yeah. <laughs> If I was single and there was a girl that intrigued me, I'll say, I'm intrigued oh. as fuck right now. Man, that's I'm what he said. As fuck. I oh, sh- that's what he does say. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued so, as fuck. Intrigued that is a Christian thing. I'm a blank as fuck. I'm interested as fuck. You do say that. You do say that. I do. I do say that. And so when he said that, I was like, that's a Christian line. Wow. That's a Christian cool, line. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Man, but, I'm but of the two of us, I'm fucking creeper. Probably, dude. Well, you know, you know who I am in there. I'm like an employee the at the tire shop. <laughs> <laughs> the girlfriend? The one, no. who like, the one who like counts the money but is like still pretty much in charge. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, you're talking about the cousin, Lupe. You remember Lupe? No, fuck David's, Lupe. David's uh, cousin? Or the twin. Um, was she a twin? Yeah, she has a twin sister, bro. Oh, those are that's sisters. Like, that's like the whole thing is we don't know which sister they're giving the money to. Oh, Lupe's sister is the one that said, hey, Creeper, you gave me you like three it? STDs. Yeah. yeah and yeah, Creeper's yeah. like, hey, she's fucking kidding. Cockblock Creeper. Oh, like speaking the night before block, he dies. Speaking of Cockblock. What's up? You know what I found the other day? What? I found almond milk. I found that video. Oh, you found almond milk? You remember that video? Um, yeah, we yeah. were just chanting baddies. I know this is this irrelevant is, to you guys. But hey, whatever. We have videos from um, that we recorded on my flip or no, someone's I th- camera. I, I did. I did it on my phone. From dude. like eight years ago, ten years Early. ago, maybe. You were very skinny. Very, very skinny. That's in that 2012. Film. Then that's 2012. You were so, so skinny. Dude, at in my that. skinniest, my head was so big. Yes. You can see. Yes. Like that was too skinny. Like Christian, calm down. Like you were very yes. Um, and then I kind of grew into my head a little bit, a few years later, I guess, having a girlfriend. Um, but yeah, Gross. that we were just straight up chanting almond milk. You were. I was slapping bread. <laughs> you were slapping bread. Um, oh, I do have to show you the videos on my old laptop of, of us. We'll get, we'll, uh, yeah. We'll get there. Tax collector. The tax collector. I just wanted to bring up almond milk because I found it and was like, I didn't know that this was still around. Damn. I'm, well, I'm glad it still exists. Uh, great film. Honestly, I can't say that enough. Um, um, do we want to give it a rating? Yeah, dude. Um, I'm going to give it a four out of five. That's about where I'm going to get it. Yeah. I see the flaws in it. I see the mistakes. I also see how some people won't like it. Yeah. But I can also see how, uh, for me, I l- I'm a sucker for a gangster film. Yeah. I'm a sucker for good acting. Yeah. And that this movie had it had both in buckets. Yep. Do you have a B pos? Best person on set? Is it going to be difficult? Shia, dude, how? It's it's hard to pick between it Shia be? or David Ayers because I think yeah. David Ayers being producer, writer, director, uh, really, you, I could see how he fought to make this film too, especially after Suicide Squad. I could see production companies not wanting to give him a lot of money. Yeah. A, 30, a $30 million check is a is a lot of trust for a production company to give him. Yeah. So 
Um, special shout out to David Ayers, but I gotta say, Shia LaBeouf is knocking this out of the park. To embody a character that is so different from his roles in the past, and to, and we've said it before, to come from a place where you are a child star and depicted as someone like Stanley Yelnats or uh, even Stevens, to come and do this kind of movie. Louis Stevens. I'm so sorry, just saying the titles of TV shows now. (laughs) Because Urkel's name is Family Matters, right? (laughs) Well, it's Steven, actually. (laughs) Stephen Urkel? Yeah, Urkel's his last name. God damn, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always have these little, like, you always, like, try and throw, like, the end all. And I was like, well, actually. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> make well, me look bad. Actually. Um, I think it makes me look bad. The well, actually, never makes that well, guy look Well, actually. Good. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but I fucking <laughs> You am. are that guy. Um, my best per- person on set award is also going to go to Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Um, he is a badass motherfucker in here, really embodying this character. With an, I'm going to give an honorary an honorary mention to George Lopez, because just as Shia and whoever made that decapitated head, yes, looks very much like George Lopez. Sometimes decapitated heads in films don't look anything like who they're supposed to look like. No, that one looked pretty much like George Lopez. I perfectly. hope they gave that to George Lopez Ugh, as a I souvenir. I wouldn't want. That scared me. Yeah, I I immediately regret that after saying it. I would uh, not. Well, want... I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. I do have a question for you. Though. Hi. Hi. <laughs> That's such a weird. I know. I'm weird. I say hi when people say like, "Hey, can I ask you something?" Hi. <laughs> do you think this depth of method acting in Shia LaBeouf's Gangster of Creeper okay is better than Marlon Brando's in-depth acting of The Godfather. I think it's in the same... I think they're on the same level. I think the amount of credit that people give Marlon Brando's Don Corleone... Yeah. Or or even even De Niro's in Godfather Part 2... Yeah. Shia LaBeouf is giving that that good of a job. He's that doing, much commitment. He's giving that high of a, of a commitment well, to the character. M- Marlon Brando, for a long time, he would put a mouthpiece to kind of give him that... He's still cotton balls in his mouth. Yeah, cotton balls in his mouth to give him that kind of like puffy look, that mm-hmm. underbite, and speak in that way. That's commitment. And look at Shia. Shia must be method acting by getting a real tattoo. Um, I wonder what his uh, daily regimen was in trying to embody this character, you know? And so I, I would, I bet you there's an interview out there with him. Maybe not, but I would like to hear it from him. I'm sure he'll talk about it. I want to know, I would love to talk to, um, Actors like that, people who get so deep into films and deep into characters like that, yeah. when you embody, when Daniel Day-Lewis embodies Abraham Lincoln, does yes. he still have Daniel Day-Lewis thoughts? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure they could flush it out. It's you probably I mean? way back there and to have that do, kind of ability. And when you do have a Daniel Day-Lewis thought of like, oh, I better go take a dump and bring my phone with me, mm-hmm. um, does that... St- do you, cap, does are you taking the, a dump yeah. as Abraham Lincoln? Does that cap the Abraham? Yeah, because my whole thing is like, if you're Abraham Lincoln all the time on the set, anytime someone brings out a phone, you should be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, you don't I mean? text me. Yeah, no, write you, me a letter. You would be so fucked. Like, you wouldn't be able to film because no. you'd be like, look at this camera. You know yeah. what I mean? Like then, So then you're not actually embodying the character. You I know don't what I mean? know, dude. Because, because, when, because on the flip side of that, you could be Jim Carrey embodying Andy Kaufman for like hours out of the day. Where he's like, I like literally walking would put, around as him, turn my brain off and and just be like a passenger in Andy Kaufman body. Uh-huh. Right. Which is how he described it. Yeah. So. And I think that takes that's a whole other level of acting. And I don't know, really. I know Shia to a certain degree is. But yeah, I wonder what kind of um, character um, uh, character actor he is. I don't know if he does Meisner uh-huh. like 
Um, Marlon Brando Meisner. does. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's Brando's right. Brando's a Meisner actor, mm-hmm. or is he Tarkovsky? Oh, I don't know, man. Actually, is it Meisner? I'm pretty sure Brando was like learned from Stanford Meisner. Yes, I'm pretty sure he was one of her like first a direct student, student. directly from Meisner. Gotcha. Hey, baddies, correct us if we're wrong. Or, or for our or own ego, off. just say yes. I actually think we're right about him and You're Meisner. Right. I, I would love to know what Shia LaBeouf's technique is, but I wonder if he just kind of makes it up as he goes. Yeah. Because I wonder if he just is that innately artistic. I don't know, man. Shia, hit us up, bro. Shia, please let us know because oh, bro, I'm so curious. As, I would as love to, to what... talk to you about this film. Dude, I'd love to hang with... Uh, I would have a beer with Shia for sure. Oh, he doesn't drink. I would have... A decaf coffee. Decaf and coffee. I would love to chain smoke cigarettes with you for hours. Oh, there you go. I'll, you know. You can sit in the room. I'll sit in the room. Yeah, but I don't smoke. I'm sorry, I Shia. do <laughs> love his finger tattoos. When he's smoking, you can see the tattoo on his fingers. Mm. That I love. I, I, I Now that I've gotten my... my I'm, he says I am some things, dude. So good. I like how... It's realistic. He's showing David he, pictures of these girls that he fucked. Oh, man, I need more like, carrots. Yeah, he's like, he's like a... Why? Why does that person look like a security guard? Because he's, he's a, a fucking, fucking security, security guard, guard dude. Um, uh, I do love his. I, here's how where I think he'd be doing brownface, and it would be bad mm. if he was wearing a grill. If he was always calling people essay or homeboy. Yeah. If he was wearing, you know, the high white socks with the chinos and and the Cortezes, or the Cortezes is more so. Yeah. Um, Right, there's a difference. Yeah, I think his character is in what he's doing is in yeah. line with who that person would be in a real world. And to say that that's not a real person, you d- you don't know. Well, if David you, you Ayer, that area. if David Ayers is straight up saying no, is David Ayers from the hood? I don't well, know. How the fuck does he keep writing all these great gangster films? Maybe how he just had a traumatizing he, childhood because he wrote Training Day. Hey, well, that's some, look it up real quick before we sign off. Uh, then saw him because we both went to our laptops and because laptops. yeah. <laughs> But no, uh, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, dude, in his defense, he, he writes great gangster films. Great gangster films. David Ayers saying that Shia is a white boy playing from a, fucking Illinois, playing a white boy uh, from the hood. He was in the Navy. Okay, then he must have like read a lot of gangster books, watched a lot of gangster films. Uh, probably is a huge fan of Scorsese. Holy fucking shit! What's up? One of his first screenplays was U five seven one. The submarine film with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, really? What year was that? That was early in the 2000s. But he wrote that based on his time on a submarine. David Ayers ain't that old at all, man. Not at all. 52. Mm-hmm. So, not surprised, man. Um, Definitely some dark spots on his career, but I do think what they are are very um, particular to him. Yes. Bright, Suicide Squad. That's right, Bright. Uh, sabotage. Those are all very iconic films that are his think taste yeah, yeah. but uh he's worked with them all i haven't even seen bright yet was it good no. not not his best work it's fun to see will smith play the will smith character as a cop yeah. right i just love will smith doing the will smith thing i'm a fan of will smith man um um but uh it was kind of i'm not a fan of fairies and like goblin stories that's it, all you, it is vampires you, you're you you like lord of the rings and lord shit the, like that i mean but this is like another take maybe as much I've as i'm into curious. dark magic i should love lord of the rings but uh you, you know, just haven't given it a shot i was a bowie fan not a fucking black sabbath fan yeah you're right but give it a shot dude it's i've watched it i've seen the first one. Oh, and you didn't watch the rest of it dude Maybe. I don't, wow. Are can, they rated badly? No, they're not. No. They're like Academy Award winning they're films. They're amazing. Yeah. Uh, maybe Temples. one or two of the Hobbit films. Uh, no, I think might be. I think the last I think the last one won. I think they've I think all three of the Lord of the Rings films won multiple Oscars. 
No, with the Hobbit films though, the, they the also Hobbit won? trilogy. I don't, I'm not sure. Oh. I, th- I know. I don't think those those did. didn't do as well. Yeah. So those uh, critically might be in our category. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't. I think they're right on the s on the cusp of not capable. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know because they took one book and trying to split into three. The typical like what Harry Potter did, what Twilight did, type of thing. So I can see how they didn't really do the book justice. I don't know, man. Have you read the book? Uh, the Hobbit. Yeah, I've read all the books. I didn't finish The Hobbit though because I did lose interest in The Hobbit. Hmm. I'm all about the original. So what happened to Smaug, bro? No, uh, the dragon. I don't know. It's probably breathing fire, man. I'm cl- I'm glad. I- hey, see. Yeah. I don't know everything, but I know a little bit. You know about Gandalf. Something. You know Frodo. You know Samwise Gamgee. Samwise Gamgee is Rudy. Rudy, that's right. Sean Astin, dude. <laughs> that, that's like how you can like split people and how they know Sean Astin is like, how do you know Sean Astin? They're like, oh, oh, there are memes of that, dude. Sam G- and then like, oh no, that's no, Rudy. that's Rudy, that's dude. That's fucking Rudy. Or when people say that's the character from uh, Stranger Things, whatever that character's name is. Oh, like, millennials. Yeah, millennials. All right, millennials. This message is for you. Get educated. Get educated. Uh, you have anything to say before we're out? Get. Educated. Get educated.